0: Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. He was meant to be key in promoting a no vote in the voice to parliament referendum, but now he's quit. The opposition's Indigenous Australians spokesman, Julian Lisa, is heading to the backbench, so he can campaign for a yes vote instead. Today, political reporter for Indigenous Affairs, Dana Morse, on his extraordinary defection and why he's done it.
1: A short time ago, I resigned as Shadow Attorney-General and Shadow Minister for Indigenous Australia.
0: Dana, let's talk about Julian Lisa and this press conference he held in Sydney. It was a big moment because he's the very man who's meant to be campaigning no on Peter Dutton's behalf. But he just couldn't stomach it, right? That's essentially what he's come out and
2: said mm. um, tendering his resignation from the Attorney General Portfolio and the Shadow Indigenous Australians Ministry. Mm.
1: I've had many respectful discussions with colleagues about The Voice over the past year. I've listened to their views and they've heard mine. But ultimately I haven't been able to persuade them.
2: Julian Lisa has a long running association with the Voice to Parliament. Uh, he's been working on this for about ten years. He founded this group, Uphold and Recognize. Yeah. Uh, he was the co-author of the Dodson Lisa report that came out in twenty eighteen that recommended the voice. Uh, and he's been very open in the past uh, when the Liberal government was in power, that he wanted this to get up. It was
1: a way of achieving constitutional recognition that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders have loved this land for centuries, but it also had a practical aspect. It was about creating a new structure to improve the lives of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander
2: people. Now, since uh, he's moved into opposition, he's been wedged basically by the party position and his own beliefs, and that's why he's taken this step uh, to resign from the shadow ministry because that frees him up to essentially campaign for the yes case, which is what he said he intends to do. Yeah.
1: Unlike almost any other party in the parliament, the Liberal Party gives backbenchers the freedom to champion the ideas they believe in. I want to exercise that freedom because I intend to campaign for a yes vote.
0: Yeah, so he's going to go to the backbench and from the backbench he can vote yes, which he wants to do. Just tell me a bit more about this official position that Peter Dutton unveiled last week. Because apart from voting no, what does it actually mean, what is it all about?
2: Well, the Liberal Party position is that they don't want the Indigenous voice body to be constitutionally enshrined. Mm -hmm. Now, they said that they support some form of constitutional recognition, something like a preamble, which we saw floated during the Howard government years, something essentially putting Indigenous people in the constitution, but not putting any form of body or advisory group into the constitution. They want that to be legislated.
1: We want to make sure that we can get the best possible outcomes for Indigenous Australians and we do that through recognising Indigenous Australians in the Constitution and by providing for their say, their voice to be heard by government uh, in a very clear way, but at a local level.
2: They really want to see local and regional voices represented in that body. Uh,
1: Having a Canberra voice is not going to resolve the issues on the ground in Indigenous communities.
2: Which is something that, you know, referendum group campaigners have said will absolutely be the case, but really the design of this whole thing is going to be left up to the parliament should it get up at a referendum. So Mm. that's sort of where the Liberal Party is sitting with it.
0: Okay, so it's quite different than what the government is proposing. That's what Julian Lisa has a problem with, I assume. Well, Julian Lisa, you know, even
2: though he's come out and said he wants to support a yes case for The Voice, he doesn't necessarily support uh, what the government is putting forward. Mm -hmm. He's a constitutional conservative and he takes real issue with the second point that's in the constitutional amendment. And that's the point that puts forward that The Voice to Parliament would be able to make representations to the parliament and the executive government of the Commonwealth. Now, that executive government of the Commonwealth phrase has really caused issues with constitutional conservatives.
1: Some experts are concerned the proposed wording will lead to legal challenges should the government not consult the voice on a decision. Who can the voice talk to? Which agencies are in and which are out when it comes to being part of the executive government? Second, what can it talk about? In other words...
2: But ultimately, uh, Julian Lisa says over the next six weeks while they're doing this joint select committee that's a full inquiry into the question and the wording of the constitutional amendments, uh, he'll be campaigning for that to be dropped. But if it isn't, he's still going to support it.
0: Okay. all right, so let's have a look then at how big a blow or whether or not this is actually a blow for Peter Dutton and his plans to oppose the voice. We also saw a former Minister for Indigenous Affairs, Ken Wyatt, he's no longer in the parliament, but he quit the party in protest last week. Does this matter to Peter Dutton and his opposition? To the voice and the coalition's opposition to the voice, do you think?
2: I think it matters less to their position. Mm-hmm. Um, they've always said they're a broad church and that they're, you know, able to have free ideas. You know, they have this rule around the front bench because they need to present a united front. But really, the the danger in this is for Peter Dutton's leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, this comes after he's had the Aston by-election loss, um, which, you know, is something that hasn't happened in 100 years. The federal opposition leader, Peter Dutton, is vowing to rebuild the Liberal Party after its unexpected defeat by Labor in the Aston by-election in Melbourne.
0: Experts say the
2: historic... it does raise questions over his leadership and whether or not he's able to maintain that position. Now, of course, Julian Lisa said that he remains supportive of Peter Dutton in the leadership and that they've acted with good grace, even though they've come to different positions on this. But really, you would have to be looking in the party mm. about where these divisions are and whether or not his leadership is going to remain tenable.
0: Mm, Okay, so there might be a bigger question there about the way the coalition is heading and whether or not Peter Dutton has the support of the majority of the party. But anyway, let's put that to one side. That's a bigger question. Dana, it's not just the opposition, though, that opposes the proposed changes to the constitution. There are a number of groups outside the parliament who also oppose it, who also are campaigning for a no vote. So I think we should run through that about what these groups are advocating and who they are?
2: Yeah, so we have sort of two formal campaigns that are both pushing for a no vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first is Recognise a Better Way, and that's helmed by Warren Mundine, who's a prominent Indigenous figure. He's a former politician. He's a former advisor uh, under the Abbott government. And he's been pushing that he wants uh, constitutional recognition, but not the voice itself in this way. And he's also sort of pushing that Liberal Party party um, position in the same way that they want local and regional representation for Indigenous voices and they want to make sure that it is the remote communities that are recognised in Canberra and they have concerns about entrenched bureaucracies.
1: Mm -hmm. Now this is not going to be uh, doing the real heavy lifting that needs to be done in the regional and remote areas. Uh, This is where the major problems are Uh, If you you look at uh, the Closing the Gap figures, uh, you'll see that the biggest problem is not between black and white. The biggest problem is between regional Aboriginals and city Aboriginals.
2: So that's recognised a better way. Mm -hmm. The other main group that's formally opposing the voice is Fair Australia, and they're a branch of Advance Australia, which is a conservative political lobbying group. And that's the group that Jacinta Nampagimpa-Price is sitting with. Uh, she started out with Recognise and then said, you know, she wanted to go her own way and she didn't necessarily have the time to dedicate to that campaign and has moved to Fair Australia. Jacinta
1: Nampagimpa-Price is a senator for the Country Liberal Party and a former deputy mayor of Alice Springs. What do you want in terms of regional and rural voices in any voice to parliament?
2: There are voices of Indigenous people representing those communities that I know know their communities well, that if they were strengthened, would certainly be able to contribute better to their communities because they understand what's going on on the ground. The key difference between the two groups is that Recognise wants constitutional recognition for Indigenous Australians and Fair Australia doesn't. They think that that it's divisive. They don't want to put Indigenous Australians in the constitution in that way.
0: And then there's a, a third group, the progressive no case, and that's been headed up by Senator Lydia Thorpe. What do they argue?
2: Yeah, so they're um, more of an informal movement. Mm -hmm. Um, It's often referred to as the Black Sovereignty Movement and their issue really is with the Constitution as a whole. They see it as a colonial document and they don't want Indigenous people to be inserted into that document. We deserve better than an advisory body. We have an opportunity... To have a treaty. They want a different type of recognition. Now, there are many different views on that, uh, even among the progressive no campaign that's heavily draws from uh, the Indigenous uh, grassroots black movement um, that we've seen across the country. Uh, some of them want seats in the Senate, similar to the Maori model from New Zealand, uh, and, and some just don't want that sort of recognition at all. But that's a, a less formal campaign that's um, pushing for a no vote
0: for a very different reason. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, tell me, Dana, what have the Indigenous supporters of The Voice to Parliament had to say about all of this? Because we know referendums are really hard to get up at the best of times because they need a double majority. That is, they need the majority of voters to vote yes and the majority of states to vote yes. And without bipartisan support... This makes it even harder, doesn't
2: it? It's incredibly difficult to get a referendum to succeed in this country. However, it's not as simple as saying um, just because the Liberal Party doesn't back it at a federal level uh, that that doesn't mean it doesn't have bipartisan mm. support because we have seen the state premiers have all come out. Now, after all the elections in the last six months, we do have all states except Tasmania have Labor premiers, but Tasmania's Premier Jeremy Rockliffe is a Liberal. He's come out in support of The Voice, mm-hmm. Dominic Perrottet, before the New New South Wales election was in support of The Voice. So that bipartisanship is there to some degree. The, the campaigners for The Voice, the Indigenous people that have been pushing for this since the Uluru Dialogues in 2017, have welcomed Julian Lisa's decision. They think it's a good thing. Mm. We know Noel Pearson and Marcia Langton, who have been on the forefront of Indigenous rights for such a long time, Both of them have spoken about how heartbroken they will be and what the implications will be for them, their work and their lives if this vote doesn't carry uh, between October and December this year. I
1: see the leader of the Liberal Party, Mr Dutton, as an undertaker preparing the grave to bury Uluru.
2: And Julian Lisa makes the point that he believes the Liberal Party is on the wrong side of history.
1: Today I'm resigning uh, without rancour, but on a point of principle. Um, And I think uh, uh, what I want to be able to say to to my children in the future is that your father stood up for something that he believes in and that that's really important and that's what all of us as parliamentarians should do.
2: (laughs)
0: Dana Morse is the ABC's political reporter for Indigenous Affairs. If the referendum succeeds, a permanent body representing First Nations people would be enshrined in the Constitution to advise on policies that impact their lives. The draft constitutional amendment is currently being considered by a parliamentary committee that's expected to last for six weeks. This episode was produced by Veronica Abhab, Sam Dunn, and Chris Dengate, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.
1: You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio, and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.